0: Traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is the best part of the whole equine year is this week in August. This is the best part because Saratoga's going, Del Mar's going, uh, all the big uh, horse shows are going. Had uh, the Hamiltonian got the little brown jug to look forward to, got all the sales going on. I tell you, every he's got something going on in it, and I'm excited about it. And what we're going to start talking about uh, today is how the equine industry goes. And we're going to in particular look at uh, thoroughbreds, and this is a good barometer on how you know the industry is doing, what we're going to talk about from here right on down to the end. And one thing that's um, always exciting and, and where you really start at are the equine sales. Um, now, we have uh, this week, um the 13th and 14th, uh, we have the New York bred yearlings um, that, that will be up for sale in Saratoga, New York. It's a great place to go. Um if you head up to Saratoga, you can not only watch the races, but go to the sales. And if you head out um, to the uh, Fasic-Tipton Company, uh, you can go to um, 153 George Street. It's in Saratoga Springs, New York. And you can see the sales live starting at 7 p.m. tomorrow and 12 p.m. on, uh, on uh, uh, the next day. So it, it'll be it'll be pretty good. It'll be pretty good. Um, one of the things that that uh, you've got to really think about and think about all these sales and everything that are going on, I'll give you a good example uh, to show you how the economy is. There's a lot of people uh, breeding horses now, and, and it's just better than it's ever been. For example, uh, the Keeneland catalog for the yearling sale that, that's coming up in Keeneland, um, they have 4,194 September yearlings for sale. I mean, that's a lot of horses. Uh, it's the Keeneland's 80th uh, September yearling sale. A global essential marketplace for thoroughbreds racing prospects has cataloged 4,194 horses for a total of 12 sessions to be held September 11th through the 23rd. So you're going to have 12 days there. That'll be really a, a good deal. And you can go out to uh, Keeneland to the racetrack there in Keeneland, And you can go walk around the barns and you can see all the horses that are in a sales. Uh, you can get up close to them. Uh, you can go into the sales pavilion and sit down and, and watch the horses go through the sales. They'll give you a book when you go in, um, of all the horses that are being sold. And, you know, it's just kind of something nice to do. Uh, especially if you're not a horseman, um, you know, you can go in and it's a, it's a whole different thing. They've got good food. They've got, uh, good horses. Uh, you can get in the flow of walking around the show, uh, the the show barns. Uh, it's great. Uh, You can go out there and they'll show you all the horses as they come out. Uh, it's really good. And and it's something that I, I always enjoy, even though I can't afford to buy anything, but it's fun just to go look. Um, I tell you, you know, you see some doggone nice horses there. It's going to be a, uh, an amazing sight. You might see some million dollar horses in there, uh, that you'll see, uh, in the September sales, uh, book one starts on Monday and Tuesday, uh, the 11th and 12th sessions begin at 1 PM. All times are Eastern times. A total of 379 yearlings are cataloged over the two days. Uh Book two is Wednesday and Thursday, the 13th and 14th. Sessions begin at 11 a.m. A total of 728 yearlings are cataloged for over those two days. They will be dark on Friday. No sale will be conduct- conducted. Week two, uh, book three, uh, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, uh, the 16th and 17th. Uh, the, the sessions begin then at 10 a.m. and we're looking at 7, 837, uh, uh, yearlings that are going to be cataloged for that day. Um, then we go to Monday and Tuesday, 7th, 10, or 18th and 19th sessions begin at 10 a.m., a total of 826 on those two days. For, uh, that will be, uh, up for offer, uh, for sale Wednesday. Uh, and Thursday, the 20th and 21st sessions begin. At 10 a.m., a total of 820 yearlings are cataloged over the, uh, those two days. And then um, on Friday and Saturday, uh, the 22nd and 23rd, that's book six, uh, both sessions uh, begin at 10 a.m. for a total of 604 uh, offerings over the, two, uh, the two-day period there. Um, I tell you, you're going to see some incredible, incredible young horses here. Um, the yearlings in this seal uh, uh, represent more than 200 of the world's most prominent sires, including American Pharoah, Bernardini, Blaine, Cairo, uh, Prince, Candy Ride, uh, Classic Empire, Constitution, Cur- uh, Curlin, Dirty hum- uh, Distorted Humor, English Channel, and many more. It's unbelievable that what you're going to see there. You're going to see the future winners, Breeders' Cup winners, Derby winners, it's just going to be unbelievable to see what happens there. Um, you know, you think about the economy and, you know, what people have uh, to spend today on, on their golf and transportation to, um, you know, uh, around the world, uh, vacationing, and everything. But you're looking at 4,194 horses, that are going to be sold. That's a lot of horses. It takes a lot of people to get those horses to the sales. Come from a lot of farms and a lot, and all over the, all over the world. And I was just saying the other day, if you could just take all the different countries that we have that are racing right now, it, it would just blow your mind. I, and it doesn't, you don't have to have a lot of English, uh, a lot of uh, British, um, uh, thoroughbreds in, in there because they're racing all over the world. And, and that's what I try telling people. This is a worldly thing. It's an economy that's just unbelievable, you know, that, uh, that we get into. Um, people don't understand how large our community is, the horse community. Um, it's just unbelievable. They affect everybody from Burger King to gas stations to Walmarts to Walgreens, you name it, it affects them. Now, you're looking at 4,100 horses that are going to be in the Lexington area, you know, um, coming up uh, at this next sale. And they're all going to be uh, providing econ- uh, economy, uh, the big economy uh, push for the horse business. It's getting better and better every year, the economy uh, of the horse industry. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just fantastic. And it's what we try to get, get people to do out here. And boy, it's hard to do it because I'm confusing you all. I know because I'm confusing myself today, but it's, uh, I'm all excited about it. And I, I do, I see these statistics and I said, wow, I just think about all the people in Florida, New York, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana that are breeding horses and, and they're all part of the game, you know. And this is one of the things that I tell you. It is scary. It's scary when you think about it. The Therm-Red Jockey Club registry issued issues 100,000 digital certificates. So they started issuing all the owner papers and everything, uh, full certificates, uh, you know, out to the people. They've got a 100,000 that they have issued. I'm telling you, that's a lot of people owning horses out there. That is a lot of people, uh, you know, doing that. Um, the digital certificates have been so well received, said Rick Bailey, the registrar at the Jockey Club. The purpose was to streamline the entire digital cert certificate process as we believe it, it, that it has happened. Um, and, and it's really good. When you get the digital certificates, let me tell you, you can go to town with those because you always have them, you know, and they can always be printed out. But just say, there's a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand horse owners out there provide, and some may own more than one. But, uh, from the certificate standpoint, there's a hundred thousand certificates out there of people that own horses now. And that's an amazing. And they're all part of your community. You never can't tell who, who's a horse owner where you're at. And, and the reason you see this upswing in the breeding, uh, the, you know the fourteen hundred horses at Keeneland, uh, and you know a thousand at Saratoga, and you know two thousand in California, and you know two thousand here in Florida. The reason you're seeing that is because of the purse money. The purse money has jumped a whole bunch in the last ten years. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And to show you how how things uh, go. If you, if you got, uh, if you got an idea, you put, implement it and you build the facility, they'll come. And we're, we're going to talk about, um, Kentucky Downs in Franklin, Kentucky near Portland, Tennessee. Uh, it, it's a, a beautiful place. It was, uh, opened up April 22nd, 1990. It's thoroughbred racing and it's all turf. There's no dirt there. It's all European style turf. Um, it, it's uh, drawn people from all over the world because of the configuration of the track. Um, we have we have there now. These are all graded stakes races: the Kentucky Turf Cup, the Kentucky uh, uh, Downs Turf Sprint, um, the Kentucky Downs Ladies Sprint, the Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf. And then the stakes races they have uh, this is the Franklin Handicap, uh, the Simpson Stakes, um, steeplechase racing, Bell Me Plantation Stakes. Now uh, these are a lot of stake races, and a European style, style racetrack it, is um, it's not configured as being round. It, it's a long stra it's a long track, and it's got hills and it's got ups and downs, and it's all turf. And it's the greatest place in the world to race horses. Um, Kentucky Downs is the third red race horse racing track Located on the border between uh, Kentucky and Tennessee In the city of Franklin, Kentucky Just off of Interstate 65 It is unique among Americans' tracks In that it's European-style gallop and course. Its surface is all turf, grass, instead of dirt And it is not oval It's an unbelievable shape It's beautiful It's beautiful there the track was built in 1990 as Dueling Grounds Racecourse. Um, the name came from the history of the Sanford Duncan Farm, whose property the track is located on. Uh, a beautiful family, uh, good history there, and a thoroughbred history. Um it's, uh, it's, I, I don't know how to tell you. Uh, you look out when you're going on 65 past it, you know, it looks like just like grass, but it's a racetrack, and and they saw something in in there that they didn't uh, think that would happen. Uh, you know, uh, this man's time with uh, uh, money and jobs and you know transportation. Uh, you know, nobody thought about you know what it would look like. Um, it, it was illegal to bet back then in Kentucky and Tennessee. Sam Houston took part in. Uh, uh, the duel on that site, so they actually had a duel, a gun duel. Henceforth, the dueling grounds. Um, it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, you know, if you look in the thoroughbred industry, and not just as who won the race or the finish line, if you look in the thoroughbred history and look at the history of the jockeys the owners, the trainers, the tracks themselves, like Churchill Downs, Pimlico in uh, Baltimore, uh, Belmont, New York, Saratoga, the history that's all around them. It's just amazing. And that's what we're trying to get people to do here at I N: is to look at more than just who won the race. We're getting you to look and take uh, uh, you know a uh, look at things there. Like, for example, a uh, big race uh, this weekend at Colonial Downs. Um, Cloning Downs in Virginia. Um, it, it's, uh, in a historical area of Virginia. Uh, you know, it, it's just a great place to go. So you get more than just a horse race. You, you get the community that, that around it, the history that's around it. Um, I tell you, I, I think if I had to pick one track that I had to go to, I'd have to cut them in half. I'd have to go to Colonial Downs in Richmond, Virginia, and I would have to go to, uh, Dueling Ground or Kentucky Downs here in Kentucky. Um, it's just so laid back and so easy and so nice, uh, you know, to, to be there. And, and coming up, uh, we have this, this flow. Uh, we have the Kentucky Downs, uh, Kentucky Turf Cup, Kentucky Downs Turf Sprint. That's, those are grade twos. They had the Kentucky Downs uh, Lady Sprint. Which is a Grade Two, and we've got the Grade Three, the Dueling Ground Derby, the Franklin Simpson Stakes, Kentucky Downs Ladies Turf Stakes, um, Kentucky Downs Ladies Marathon Stakes, the Mint Million, and the Music City Stakes. And, and those are those are some big time uh, races. A, a lot of money's being offered, um, you know, here this year. And, and what I like about it is the, the configuration of the track and the money that's being offered is bringing horses from all over the world. Top horses out of Europe, South America, uh, you know, will be coming to uh, Kentucky Downs. And you'll see uh, a truly an international, you know, display uh, of horses that are just unbelievably, uh, you know, uh, good. And, that, and that's something you just don't see all the time. And the reason that that I started out talking about Kentucky Downs and what they're doing is to you know, we'll go into it, uh, later on when we get closer to the races there. But it's something that you can go see. And I'm telling you, it's literally right off of Interstate 65 here. As soon as you get off the exit, uh, you stop and grab you a soda, uh, you know, at the gas station there and then make a right hand turn and you're in dueling grounds. And it's really a good pl- place to go to, easy to get into and get off of, you know. But, um, like I was saying, Uh, their tracks are becoming more prevalent, um, like that, Uh, you know, Kentucky Downs, they got, uh, uh, you know, it's all turf racing. And so once they started popping up all over the country, these uh, people started getting together. And they started saying, well, what can we do to really make this thing go? So a group of trainers got together and owners and breeders got together, and they started what they call the National Thoroughbred League. It's a a league, and and it's uh, kind of have... It's like a baseball league or football league or anything. Um, The inaugural 2023 National Thoroughbred League season, one schedule... This is a schedule that that they will have for this fall. And uh, this will... uh, the horses that run in these races at the starting at Kentucky Downs, they'll go on and they'll run through the series. They'll they'll travel to to the different tracks. Um, September second, third, in Nashville, which is the list is Kentucky Downs, will be um, uh, racing. September fifteenth and sixteenth will be Seattle, and that's Emerald Downs. 13, October thirteenth and fourteenth is New York and New Jersey uh, the Meadowlands in New Jersey. November 10th and 11th is Los Angeles, which is Los Alamitos race course. And then December 30th uh, and 31st, the championship will be at Tampa Bay Downs. So we've got, uh, Nashville, Seattle, New York, Los Angeles, and Tampa are, are the, um, um tracks that they'll be racing out. And what I like about it is it's kind of united, uh, uh, all the horse industry together to see you know who's going where and what they're going to do, you know that that type of thing. And what it what it does is it not only offers big purse money for the owners and the trainers and the people involved, but it's getting the, the connections. It's getting the connections together, like like uh, you know they did with the Triple Crown. Uh, you know you got Churchill and Lowe, you got Baltimore and the Preakness and the Belmont at in New York. So that's a nice little series of races there. And this is what they're doing here. They're going to have great cards. You know, uh, especially Emerald Downs is really nice in in Seattle. And I bet you there's a lot of people in Seattle who don't even know Emerald Downs is there. But that, you know, that's that's a good place to go to to watch horse racing. You know, gives you a little vacation you can plan and and get to know the horse business. And also, it's, you know, it's all going to be tough. And if there's a lot of turf races, let me tell you, the money's in the turf races now. That's where all the money's at. In fact, uh, uh, out at Mar, uh, post time for today is 3:30. Uh, they they move the they move the post time uh, because of various reasons, uh, you know, weather, heat, rain, uh, you know. So they've moved that uh, that time up a little bit. Uh, To go in this turf race, it's a grade one stakes race, Uh, called the Beverly D, 500,000 added. So now we're looking and seeing, hey, it's a seven-horse field, but we got the biggest trainers in the country coming to it. Got the biggest countries coming to it. And so now we're looking over here at the Secretariat states. They added this to the track, uh, to the sales. It's five hundred thousand added for three year olds and up. It's a uh, great race. It's a mile on the inner curve. so you got to have a little speed and you got to have a little everything to be here. Distance, stamina, and everything. So now we're looking at it, and we've got uh, Appleby, we got Askmuson, we got Grand Motion, Oliver, and Todd Pletcher. Uh, Six horse fields. Or, well, actually, it's an eight-horse field. Sorry about that. Um, and let me tell you something. we got all good trainers from all over the country. All over the country coming here is what we got. And, you know, you're looking at half a million dollars. And this is going to be a fantastic weekend here on the 12th at Colonial Downs. You know, it's just, you know, the, the best horse racing, the best uh, uh, horses from the, you know, from the country. And what can you do? And it's, you know, you're out by Williamsburg. Uh, Williamsburg is a great uh, colonial uh, settlement. You can go there for the weekend. And you can see some good racing on Saturday. And you can see uh, uh, some, uh, you know, historical places. And, you know, it's a great weekend for the family. It really is a great weekend for the family. And, you know, the Arlington Million, which was a classic uh, throughout um Throughout the uh, United States for years at Arlington Park. Um, you know, I mean, it was just a classic. Um, an All-American Field is set for August 12th is the Arlington Million and Colonial Downs, including last year's winner, Satin. Uh, the winner, uh, the winner of last year's race was a monster. Uh, he's a good horse and he's coming back. So, you know, this, this is going to give you a good feel, a good feel to watch, come in and watch. And, you know, I I just have a hard time trying to convince people to get out and see horse racing. Uh, you know, it's one, one afternoon. Uh, you don't have to stay for the whole day. You can leave. Uh, but you know, you can go out. Seating's not a problem. You got, uh, it's inexpensive to go to. Uh, you know, it's just a great thing for the whole family to go to. Uh, you know, uh, it's family time. You know, it's, you might not be in an equestrian, but it's good family time. Uh, you know, that you could go through and take a look at and, and, and see everybody that's going, you know, to the races. And, you know, it's, it's really nice. It's really nice. And that's why we hope we can get a lot of people out to the races. And I know you're sure not going on my recommendation because I'm confusing you, confusing you like crazy, but I do know my horse. I've been there and done that. Uh, and, and the, uh, Arlington million, it's three year olds and up. Uh, it's a fantastic, uh, group of people we have here. Uh, we got Mike Lauer. He's got an Indiana bred. and a lot of people said, oh, you, you know, it's either Kentucky bread, Florida bread, cow bread. And everything. Now people are making a statement because of the uh, programs that they have in each state. And Mike Lowder, uh, he's a great friend of mine. He runs up in Indiana all the time. Him and his wife Penny breed, breed and train their own horses and they're very successful in Uh, Mike is very good at what he does and he, he's a real professional in everything, but he's got strong tide there. He's an Indiana bred and um, they're going, uh, a mile and a quarter on the outer turf there and it's six forty it's six forty PM Eastern time um this year. And so you get to see Michael Hour and Strong Tide run. Uh Brad Cox has got a set piece, which is a, a, a great horse. Uh and then Sh- Shug Should I think this is gonna be the horse to uh, win this race. It's uh um never explained. It's Kentucky Bred trained trained by Shug McGahee and should them ready for uh from the turf, like there's no tomorrow. He had a horse a few years back named Lure, that just uh, shook the, the horse world, and uh, he he was really good at that. Uh, Mike Mike Maker's got a tone, uh, which is a very very good horse, and uh, hasn't seen a lot of action uh, lately, but he's ready for this race. Then of course you never can count out Chad Brown. Chad Brown is uh, he's got Rocking Emperor. And he is probably one of the best young turf trainers that I've seen. And 10 years from now, we're going to say he's one of the best turf trainers around. Uh, he, he's just really getting into it. And, and I'm talking about, when when I say somebody's a good turf trainer, I got to see what he's done over the last five, six, ten years. Uh, because a lot of times... Um, You've got trainers that come out that are running on the turf or the dirt and said, Oh, well, you know, he's a young trainer. He's doing this, this and this. And, um, you know, he's good. Well, he's only been training five years, 10 years from now. We'll see how he is because a lot of times you get horses in the barn and, and I'm telling you, for the most part, horses make trainers. Horses make trainers. That's for sure. Especially the young horses. Now you get a trainer that's got a horse that's you know uh, five, six, seven years old and running. Then that's when the training comes in because you got to keep them together. You got to keep them healthy. You got to keep them moving. You know, and and that's really good. Um, that Rock Emperor, it's got Johnny Velasquez on it, and Chad Brown is good. He knows what to do and how to do it. So that's going to be interesting, and then. The horse that really, I think is, could surprise everybody is Richard Dutrow's horse, masterpiece. Uh, he is, he's a horse that's coming around and I think this horse might be a fall kind of horse. It's not a spring horse, I'll tell you that, or a summer horse. And I think that we're getting close enough to the, uh, to the fall, um, you know, entries of our horses that uh, they're ready to go. And I don't think it's going to be 90 degrees there in Richmond. I think it'll be a little cooler up there. And then of course we never can count up Mark Cassie. He's got strong quality Canadian, uh, roots there, which is going to be tough. Um then we have a, a horse that I don't know why I like this. It's Mike, Mike Stedham, uh, he's down from Louisiana and all. He's got a horse named Catnip. And I, I think that horse might be, be on the catnip and ready to row. I think he, he might be surprised a lot of them here. He's a, he's a late closer that they come in and, and I think he could be there. Uh, then Mark Cassie's, uh, he's got more for the money. Uh, he's got, uh, Georgie Ruiz on it. Uh, he's 20 to one. I don't like to get into, uh, stats and, and all, but I think he's good. And then we had last year, last year's winner, Satin, uh, for Brandon Walsh. Get this, will you? He won the thing last year. They, they listed him in the morning line at eight to one. Eight to one. So that just goes to show you how good this field's going to be. And that's the, uh, Arlington million at, at Colonial Downs uh, is going to be, be good. And then, you know, like we were saying about the Beverly D. You know, there, uh, that, that's going to be a good race. Um, again, we got Mark Cassie, Grand Motion, Brandon Walsh, Chad Brown's got a couple in there. And, uh, I, I tell you what, uh, this is another race that's going to be good. It's a $500,000 added, uh, for three year olds and up. And it's going to be, be a, a great time in Colonial Downs. And you know, like I said before, the horse business is a wonderful business. I mean, I, I've got friends that, oh, well, they can inundate you with statistics and bloodlines and, you know, and, and, uh, this is the way you do it. You know, they've been in the game. They know what it's been like, you know. And like I tell them, I said, you know, when those horses get in the starting game, it doesn't matter if their daddy is secretariat or bold ruler or whoever. Those horses don't know. They're just in there to run and be the best that they can be. And so that's why I I like the horse business is because you don't have to have a lot of knowledge about it. I mean, I got a lot of knowledge, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert on it by no means, but I do have my theories and my thoughts. And I've been around some of the best horses in the world. Uh, I've been around five Kentucky Derby winners and, um, you know, just wanted to see, uh, you know, what it's like. Every barn's run different everything's, you know, completely different. Uh When you go in, Todd Pletcher's got one of the smoothest running barns in the, in the world. Cleanest, organized, nice, neat. Uh Gets that from D. Wayne Lucas, that he worked for for a long time. Sugar Gahey, old school, perfect barn when you go in, perfect barn. You know, and then you go into some of the barns, and they're just all, you know, brushes laying everywhere and, you know, just not really organized, but they win, you know, and that all goes back to prove that a good horse is going to win anywhere, anytime, anyhow. That's what's going to happen. It doesn't matter if you get the best groom or the worst groom, best trainer, best jockey, uh, best owner, worst owner, worst jockey, worst trainer, they're going to win. Every horse has his day, And, And that's what I like about the horse business. You can make it what you want. Um, when when I first started in in the business, uh, I had three horses that I was training, and I tell you, you walked in and saw my three little stalls there in this big huge barn, and man, I had flowers and I had my chairs out there and I had everything's all clean and nice and neat, you know, and really looked professional, looked like million dollar horses in there, you know, but they weren't. Uh, tried the best I could to train horses and. Uh, to be honest with you, I couldn't train a rat to eat cheese. And I told the owners of the horses that I need to go back to the farm or send them to a trainer that could win with them. And, and so uh, that's what we did, and they had good, successful race careers. And, and that's one thing that you've got to do in the horse business is you got to realize when to stop on a horse. You know, you got to realize how good that horse is. And I see so many people in this business they're throwing good money after bad. They know that down the road, that horse is not going to be a winner. Uh, you know, he's he's just not cut out for it. He doesn't have the physical stamina, you know, to be, you know, or competitive to drive on him to be into the horse, the horse business. And, and, you know, it's time to find a new location for him. And a lot of these horses make great show horses. Uh, you know they're, they're they're just unbelievable in what you can do with them if you just take your time but you got to know as an owner and as a trainer when to say you know hey this is not the deal no don't go it was it was tough on me because when you get that trainer's license oh man you know you got the hopes of the kentucky W and the preakness and the belmont and the breeder's cup and traveling to europe and australia and china and you know, you're just going to set the world on fire, but that doesn't happen. And what a, people, a lot of people don't understand is that there's usually 10 races a day at each racetrack all over the world. There's uh, 10 races, 10 horses in each. And out of those 100 horses, there's only going to be 10 winners. There's only going to be 10 winners. So that's, that's what you got to set yourself up for when you get into the horse business. You got to say, Hey, the horse did the best they could do. I did the best I could do. The jockey did. The grooms. Everybody did their very best. And, you know, that's what happened. And then uh, when you realize that your horse can't run and compete, you know, at a competitive level where you can make money and pay for the bills, then you have to start looking at, uh, like, show horses, being show horses, trail horses. Uh, there's all kinds of things that they can uh, have out there that they can be done you know other than racing and and i know a lot of people that have had horses on the racetrack and and they've taken them out and started showing them and i mean they're really good they're really good show show horses you know that's that's really good you know to see so you know the show horse business has got a lot lots of things to offer in a lot of ways that um, you know you really have to know much about the horses to uh, be around you know uh, show horses are a good thing uh you know, just everything's there, you know. So, you know, the Kentucky Downs that we've been talking about here, here I'm rambling again, starting over new paragraph, as they say. Uh, the National uh, Thoroughbred League handicap has got, uh, you know, the Kentucky Downs on the schedule. And to show you, if you got a horse that's pretty decent, you might be able to get it in. They've got a mile race there for three-year-olds and you know, older uh the base purse will be three hundred thousand, another two hundred thousand from the third grade development fund, which makes the race five hundred thousand dollars. That's good. That's good money. And and with the turf races, the turf races are a little easier on the horses, um and you can have real fun with them. because uh, you know that um when you go in as a trainer, you tell your owners if it's gonna be turf, we're looking at Five, six races maybe for the year. Cause you don't want to be beating your horse up and just running them to death like a lot of trainers do. And, and we're trying to get trainers to start to look at it. You're looking at maybe, you know, five, six horse uh, races a year. And now, you know, you say, Oh, well, you know, I'll get them ready and you know, we'll run in the Breeders Cup. That's two million dollars in the Breeders Cup. Well, now you got the, um, you know, you got the, uh, the new league that we have, uh, started up the national, uh, Thir- uh, thoroughbred league and you're looking at $500,000 races and you're looking at going to five different cities. That's two and a half million dollars in purse money right there just for your, your division. And then you're looking at, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, Breeders Cup and you're looking at in, like the Arctic million, you know, so you're looking at running your horse five or six times, you know, a year on the grass, and you could be looking at it anywhere from 500000 to $2 million uh, a race. And you can make your money back in there if you plan it right. That's the main thing. you got to plan it right. It's a business. It's organization. It's organization. Like, you don't want to be organized like me. Boy, I've, le- I've learned how to organize straight chaos and confusion. And, man, my chaos and confusion is steady all day long from the get-go. You know, but it's all about organization. Um, You know, uh, you got to plan for things like you know we're talking about planning before. uh, You know, in the previous week, Uh, there's no turf racing or steeplechase in August 9th at uh, Saratoga. Um, They had some issues with the court uh, with with the race course, and they decided to um, you know move the races with the uh, give the option to move to the main track with the races on the dirt and get off the turf until they can, you know, make sure it's safe and secure. And then they did the same thing with the steeplechase, and they're going to reschedule uh, the steeplechasing chasing there. That's what they're going to do. But it's all about the safety of the horse. It's all about the safety of the horse. And, you know, we we're talking about, you know, uh, re- re- training, racing, you know, that type of thing, weather. Uh All year long this year we've dealt with uh, – Back in the spring, we had snow, sleet, rain, ice at Churchill and Kemer. Then we have the 90 degree weathers all over the country where sometimes you can't race because of, uh, you know, because of the rules and regulations that we've implemented while not, uh, you know, racing in the heat, not racing in a pouring down rain, not racing in the snow. Uh, our horse is, is our main concern. And so now we're seeing places, you know, like I said, um, we're looking at uh, Saratoga, you know, they they, they stopped they stop the turf racing and the steeplechase, which is on the, on the turf. And, and also, you know, that's what it's about, horse safety, people safety, business safety. Uh, Baffert, Bob Baffert's got a, a pair that he's going to run in the Travers. Um, he's looking for his fourth win in the Travers. And I tell you, with the controversy that we've had with Bob Baffert over the last two years, three years, it's been interesting. Uh, Bob is noted now for running multiple horses in, in big races. Uh, there's a stakes race that they had out at, um, at Santa Anita this year. It was a nice stakes race. Uh, I think it was like 500,000, uh, getting these horses ready for the derby. Bob's got four, four to five horses in there. Uh, four to five horses in there. And Bob's been known to do that. Now he's he's a good trainer. He knows how to get them ready. And you know, I tell you, if anybody could ever run twenty horses in the Kentucky Derby, Bob Baffert would be one of them, because he's got the ability and the organization, you know, to do that. And also, but uh, you know, this is just something that you uh, you know you go up and, and look at and see, you know, here with his horses. But um, you know, like I said, he's got he's coming up for the Travelers. And it's got Pletcher and it's got Ash It's got all the big guns that ran all summer long. And they call the Travers the Summertime Derby at Saratoga. Um, Forte, Tappet, Trice all worked for the Derby this week, which are Pletcher's horses. Uh, nice, nice horses. The two Cold breeze and Company, uh, after the break at 8.45 a.m. with Jockey Ired I RTs uh, on him at Forte's. Ra- Forte's regular rider, and uh, Fernando Rivera uh, was on tap at Trice. Uh, Todd Fletcher said uh, when he got back to the barn, he has the two six-caliber horses working together. He said they both pointed in the right direction, and they needed similar works uh, to get, get the job done. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. They came out of the works real good. Um you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, with them, uh, with these two horses. Uh, they're very good horses. And then my favorite filly that Todd Fletcher has, and she was with us here all winter long, beautiful filly. filly. Um, uh, four-year-old Nest, uh, out for work, her first work since winning the Shoe V stakes. It was the first start for the daughter of Curlin in eight months. So she ran a Shoe V Stakes, which is top quality horses, top quality horses. And she was coming off an eight-week layoff, hadn't raced, only worked at, worked into it. And she comes back, and she wins the race. She wins a Shoe V Stakes race. Uh, Ness, Ness was clocked uh, going a half mile in 49 and 4, um, with, working in company with a two-year-old filly uh her two-year-old filly sister Maha um this nest is just unbelievable you know she she is something else uh I tell you I have never seen a horse like her in all my born days as they say and I've been around a lot of horses and I've been around this one a whole bunch and she's a great horse um She's just uh, unbelievable to come back off of an eight-week layoff and run against graded stakes company and win easy. You know, I mean, she literally scared the horse that she was running against. And, and I said, you know, and she did it easy. Um, you know, I, I tell you, I just don't know what what the deal is with this horse business. I'm really confused. You know, I think. Todd Pletcher uh, hopes to make a, a haul in the Saratoga Special. Um, Saratoga Special is really a, a race that uh, uh, I, I've always liked. It's always had good horses in it. Um, it's going six and a half furlongs on the dirt. It's 200,000. Um, you know, it, it's got uh, some really, really good uh, trainers here. We've got Wayne Lucas is in there, Brandon Walsh. Todd Fletcher, Steve Ashwiz, and Cassie, Norm, uh, Norm Cassie. Um, these are good horses. And, and that's uh, this rhythm schemes that uh, uh, Norm Cassie has. <laughs> that's a monster. I'll tell you what, that horse, that horse probably won that whole thing real easy. Probably could run him in the fifth race and then the ninth race. That's how good that horse is in everything. So, but, um, you know... I just keep looking through all the things that uh, we're looking through here and the amount of money that's there and about the organization. And you know, I, I see a lot of people that in the business that, uh, you know, have two or three horses and they're very successful. Um, you know, it, what, what can you say? You know, they got three horses and you can only run one horse at a time. And I hear so many times people saying, Oh, well, you know, Todd Fletcher wins and Wayne Lucas wins and Ashby's and, you know, and Brian Walsh because they got 200 horses. Well, I've never seen a 200 stall starting gate. All the starting gates I've seen, 20 stalls maybe at the max, you know, and put one horse in a stall at a time. You know, it doesn't matter how many horses you have. It's how you treat that each individual horse and how you get it ready. You know, and sometimes, hey, some guys I know are great trainers. They run they, their share of racing. They don't have a lot of horses and they probably couldn't handle 20, 30, 40, 50 horses. You know, but they handle what, what they have. And that's what we're trying to say in the, in the, horse, in the business. You know, it, you don't need 200 horses to win the derby. You know, you, you just need one. That's all you need. You know, 200 horses don't make you a good trainer might like make you a good businessman because you know how to get 200 horses. But the whole long and short of it is, are you winning? You know, and most of those guys do win because they've they got a multitude of horses to choose from. And that makes a big difference. It makes a great big difference. So we're coming up here, and this is the race that I, I've always liked this race. It's on the inner turf. I like the inner turf at Saratoga. I don't know why, but I like it. It's it's really good good uh, racing there. It's five hundred thousand dollars for three year olds going one mile on the turf. Now, see most of the people with three year olds are looking for, you know, to get to the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, Belmont, you know, the Breeders Cup. And and a lot of people don't understand. You might have a real good three year old, and he's good on the dirt, making you some money. But the turf might be his answer. And as we've talked about these races today, you know, we're looking at, you know, three or four million dollars in races coming up this weekend that a good three-year-old could get in, you know, and really make make some money. And and that's what I like about um, the uh, uh, National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame States. It's a grade two. And that's important if you go into breeding uh, with your horse to be a graded winner. And, and I like this race. It's 500,000 for three year olds going a mile on the inner turn. And we've got some really nice horses in here. Um, Chad Brown's got a nice horse in here called a praise. Uh, good horse. Uh, he got speed and a little bit of distance to him. So he, he could, he can win this. Uh, hey, Charlie Appleby, he's got a mysterious night. It's Irish red. And I'm telling this, this joker can flat out run, you know, and, but the only thing is I don't know how the heat's going to affect me. Uh, that, that's going to be, uh, interesting. Um, we got, um, we got Donworth, uh, uh, ocean. He has ocean vision, another Irish red three-year-old, uh, Tim, uh Mr. McCarthy's training that horse. I tell you what, he, you know, these two could be right there. Um, you know, we've got a praise. We've got a mysterious knight, uh, all Irish uh, We have uh, another Chad Brown, a mischief angel. Uh, this horse is could be the one. Could be the one. If you want to see a horse break out and be, become a long shot on the board, this could be the one because um, he's used to the heat. He's been in Saratoga for a month or two now. And, he, and he's doing really good. Uh, Sugar Gay, he's got a horse called Gentleman Jim. And I, I tell you, this Gentleman Jim it ain't a gentleman. <laughs> he's gonna come out of that gate and he's gonna lay down the law. He's gonna let you know that where, if he's behind you, uh, he's gonna let you know when he's beside you. He's gonna let you know when he wins. And I think Gentleman Jim is a, is the horse to go with. Uh, in this race today, um, uh, bar none. I think he's just going to come running at the end like there's no tomorrow. And I think he, he'll be right there. And then, uh, Todd Pletcher's got a, a horse in here called Bat Um, don't know much about him. Uh, but it, it's an interesting, uh, um, look to see who's there with him. Uh, and you, you know, the funny part about this is, is we got uh, three bloodstock agencies that own horses in here. So that tells you a lot in itself. If you've got a bloodstock agent that's racing a horse in a race like that, they are just trying to get him, you know, uh, all done up, you know, for the right thing. And then I know I've been rambling and confusing you. you know, and I might have confused you just enough to get into the horse business. You know, you can call us here at 561 466 and I'll talk horses with you all day, all night, and I'll get you in the right spot. Now, two things that I want to talk about here real quick is that um, Palm Beach Towns uh, Training Center, uh, which was run by uh, uh, Palm Beach Towns and uh, Brandon Mills, uh, lease was up. Uh, the lease was up uh, last week, and uh, there's been some negotiating and some bids put on, on the lease, and it's my understanding that uh, uh Palm Beach Downs has, has got the lease. Got the got the lease and they're gonna renew the lease and which is good because uh Todd Pletcher has been stable there for the last about nine years now. He's had um, two Derby winners out there, a multitude of of horse of the years and uh world champion horses out of there. Todd's a, a you know a trainer of the year uh, many times over, uh Hall of Fame kind of guy. And it was kind of in doubt there, you know, if if, uh, Palm Beach House is going to get it back again. And the thing that I like about it is is that Brandon Mills and his crew are some of the best track people that I've ever seen in my life. And, I mean, I've been all over this world. And and Brandon uh, gets that track ready. And all the horses, you know, Todd's been producing around $30 million a year in purse money. Out of that track for for the last seven, eight, nine years, and the only reason that, that um, and well, there's many reasons that that happened is one: is Todd's got a good crew. He's got the best grooms, best hot walkers. He's got um, the best uh, exercise riders. they they all they all know the business. You know, Todd's got the best owners in the world. And that says a lot. But the track is very important. The track is very, very important. And with what Brandon Mills does with this track, it's just phenomenal. There's no, there's not a track in this country that has, has had the greatest states winners in, the, in numbers. And Derby winners, Preakness winners, Belmont winners, Breeders' Cup winners. Uh, you know, Pegasus Cup winners, they come off that track. They get their foundation there. And I've seen many a times, you know, Brandon, they you know, walk that track with Todd Fletcher and see, well, you know, it's a little soft here, it's a little deep there. What do you think? They would need more water. How's Lane's one, two, three, and 4 get Uh, You know, they, 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 it's a science for them, but it's something that comes from, you know, their knowledge of, of the business and you get that team together and it works and they all bring it together, you know? And so it appears that Sunshine Meadows is going to have that lease back and Todd will be back in the game and he won't have to change anything that he's been doing for the last, you know, eight or nine years. And so it looks like success is going to march on, you know, with a new lease and that's going to be good. That's going to be good for the business, you know? And again, my hat's off to Todd Fletcher and the crew and my hat's off to uh, Brandon Mills and the crew. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's all good. They're all horsemen, real, the real deal horsemen, you know? Uh, and so it's just something that, you know, you got to think about when you go out to the races and, um, uh, so, and then the last part of it, you know, which I need after care. Yeah, you know, that's for sure. And uh, third red after day is set for August 13th at I Park and, uh, in Kentucky, or in Hunterson, Kentucky. Six of the North American prominent thoroughbred aftercare organizations will be featured on the site August the 13th as a part of the thoroughbred aftercare day at Ellis Park in racing and gaming. The first 10 races will get underway at 11.45 a.m. and fans will be invited to learn more about thoroughbred retirement and and several different booths that they set up there on the concourse by friends in Ferdinand New Locations, Second Stride, Third Bread Aftercare Alliance, Third Bread Charities of America, and Third Bread Retirement Foundation. Uh, Sunday's card is highlighted by six stakes contests led by the $250,000 Ellis Derby and $150,000 Groupie Doll Stakes. Uh, The six participating Third Bread Aftercare Organizations will be featured in the Hall of Winners Circle, uh, during the trophy presentation for each race. There will be several opportunities for racing fans to donate to the participating charities, including a special uh, one, one-of-a-kind one Ellis Park Derby Day T-shirt uh, that will be for sale in the gift shop. and a watermelon stand, the proceeds will benefit the thoroughbred aftercare during all of the 10 races uh, in Ellis Park uh, will award the uh, groom the Best Turned Out Award uh, uh, for the Best Turned Out Horse and receive a special prize, too. Uh, so, you know, it's it just goes to show you a lot of things going on there. The best thing about that, it ain't the money, it ain't the people, it ain't the location, it's the watermelon. Every track's always got something there that'll get you there. So if you want some good watermelon going on down to Ellis Park in Henderson, Kentucky, you can get you a slice of watermelon. This is Scott Miller thanking you for attending our services today because I killed you all, I think. Have a good one.